Good morning, Prakaptan. I hope you're well. Welcome back. I actually recorded tomorrow's episode before this one, so you'll hear all the new patron thank yous tomorrow, or today, since these episodes are being released on the same day. And we'll get right to the ads, but before that, if you're not a patron, consider becoming one by going to stoicismpod.com forward slash members. It's a really nice thing to do to financially support the guy who shows up 40 hours a week to create all this free stuff. And if that's not a good enough reason, well, here's one more. It is nice to get rid of ads, and if you take advantage of my lifetime no-ads offer, which is only available for the next week or so, you can get rid of ads forever for just one price. If you want to learn more about that, check the show notes. There's a special link. And with that, here come some ads, and maybe we'll get a nice holiday-ish one about presents and reindeers and such. Or maybe it'll just be an ad for stamps.com. That's gross. See you on the other side. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Factor. Eating easy is rarely healthy, but with Factor, the marriage of ease and health has finally happened. Ring those bells and throw that rice. Factor is a meal delivery service providing never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals that are ready to go in just two minutes and are delivered straight to your doorstep. This includes restaurant-quality meals for every meal of the day and, if you want, even snacks and beverages as well. I used Factor for years and raved to my friends about how not a single meal tasted bad, which was an astounding feat since all the meals were healthy and could be tailor-made to whatever diet initiative I was trying to keep up with, like veganism, vegetarianism, paleo, low-carb, whatever. Now, get ready to hear the number 50 way more than you thought you'd hear it today because listeners of the Practical Stoicism podcast should head over to factormeals.com forward slash practical 50, that's practical 50, and use the code practical50 at checkout to get 50% off. That's code practical50 at factormeals.com forward slash practical50 to get 50% off. Seed DSO-1 is a daily symbiotic, which is a probiotic and prebiotic formulated to provide benefits for gut immune function and whole body health. I take it every morning before I eat, which is when it works the best, and I have noticed a big difference in my digestion, regularity, and even my skin. It's nice that this benefit comes in a small package that needs no refrigeration and really is just a couple of simple small pills. You also get this cool little travel vial in case you're traveling so you don't have to stuff a bunch of loose pills in your pocket, which is nice. It's also nice that this product is so rigorously tested from a scientific perspective, which makes seeds probiotic research, development, and innovation programs a lot more trustworthy. So trust your gut health to Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com forward slash practical and use code 25practical to get 25% off of your first month. That's 25% off of your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com forward slash practical with the code 25 practical. Welcome back from Adland. Happy you survived. I see you've got a spot of commercial enterprise on your collar there. Best to wash it off before you move on to the next thing today. Oh, by the way, 
If you skipped the first part of this, don't forget about that lifetime ad-free offer. Check the show notes, okay? I'm serious. It's a once-a-year offer. You miss it this year, you have to wait until next year. Okay, today we're diving into Meditation 25 from Book 5 of the Meditations, which reads as follows. Another does wrong. What is that to me? Let him look to it. He has his own disposition, his own activity. I have now what universal nature wills me to have, and I do what my own nature wills me to do. So someone else robs a bank. Someone else hits their spouse. Someone else racially slurs another person. What do these things have to do with me? The answer, of course, isn't as Marcus seems to suggest here. It's that they might, in fact, have everything to do with you, if you witness them and are called to act on your observation as a result of your role. If you're a police officer and someone else hits their spouse, their action doesn't say anything about your character, but your choice as a police officer to respond to that abuse will absolutely say something about your character. Do you say it's not your business? Well, as a police officer, you had better not. But what about as a bystander on public transit? Is it something to you then? Or do you turn away and think, I'll leave it to them to concern themselves with their own virtuous deeds or vicious deeds? Well, no matter what you do, certainly it will say something of your character, won't it? Of all the meditations, this one is the most irksome so far, and the most prone, I think, or at least one of the most prone, to misinterpretation. Marcus isn't actually telling us, really, to ignore wrongdoing because it's none of our business, but this meditation doesn't lend itself to any other conclusion, really. Marcus is instead, notwithstanding this bad translation or maybe the original phrasing, is instead telling us that we cannot look at another person doing bad and believe we can do anything about their bad character. Instead, we can only do something about our own character, and as people with characters approaching virtue, when we witness someone doing something quote-unquote bad, we must assess whether it is our place to do something about it, not for the sake of that wrongdoer's character, but for the sake of our own. Perhaps you see a man hitting on a woman in a bar, making her uncomfortable. Can you do anything about that man's character? No, of course you can't. That man's character is nothing to you. It exists wholly within his own hegemonicon. You can't get to it. But can you do something that shows your character as being one that is approaching virtue? And should you? Well, you certainly can, so that only leaves should. Do you think you can successfully come between this man and this woman physically, stop the abusive behavior, and, for lack of a better word, control the situation as it unfolds? Okay, then perhaps you should say something. Perhaps you should do something. But maybe you don't believe you can control the situation as it unfolds. Perhaps, quite the opposite, you believe you would easily be pushed aside by this man, and the result might be an even worse outcome for the woman. Okay, well, then, the choice to get between them wouldn't be an appropriate one, would it? And that's not strictly because you'd be ineffective. This isn't a utilitarian philosophy. Stoicism, that is. And no one can ensure they're effective in executing their intent perfectly anyway. Instead, it's about whether or not it's your place to act. And part of figuring that out might be an estimation of your ability, but a bigger part of figuring it out is an understanding of your role. As I've said, are you a bouncer, a bartender, a priest, an off-duty cop, a rodeo clown, a 22-year-old student? Perhaps all of these people could get involved, 
but they would get involved differently. Some might seek to assist by means of brute strength. Others might use their authority, while others might alert barroom staff, and still others might diffuse the situation with humor. Another way to think of roles, in my opinion, is to think of your attributes or character gifts. I'd wager it's within everyone's role to come to the aid of someone in need in some way, but understanding the strengths enabled by your character, which I think is connected to your plethora of roles, no matter who you are, is critical to discerning what way that is. So often it is that we think the only way to be brave or appropriate or effective in situations like the one I've laid out is to throw punches or to be tough. But our character might not be the sort that can be burly and physically strong. And our other roles in life, like mother or father, for example, might not enable us to put ourselves directly in harm's way because to do so would be to abandon, possibly, our role as a parent, in this example anyway, as we would be risking injury or death in doing so. But there's almost always space for doing something to help, because the choice to help is a reflection of our character. And while the cause of help being needed in the first place has nothing to do with our character, the decision to provide that help in what ways we can absolutely does. Thanks for listening to today's relatively short episode. Remember, check the show notes for a lifetime deal on ad-free listening. The offer won't be made again until this time next year, so get it while you can. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, take care.